welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and today has pretty much been the best day of my life. I woke up having had a uh, sex dream about Andy Samberg, or as Dorinda would say, Andy Samberg. <laughs> I found some money that past Kirsty has left behind, which is much needed, and I was able to afford lunch. Tomorrow, I'm heading to Mexico for two weeks. And so I just have to say on that, I will be taking a two-week break. I'm sorry. But it's the first time in six months I get to squeeze my mummy and see my best friend. So I think you'll probably forgive me on that. Um, And to top it all off, I am chatting to my all-time favourite podcaster from Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk. Grant Rudder, thank you so much for joining me. I am literally fangirling out right now. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, my God. I've never been called anyone's favorite. Oh, I've never been stop favorite. it. So they say it behind your back. <laughs> even if it's untrue, I'm buying it, and I'm, accept- I'm accepting it, and thank you for it. Well, you know what? I always, always, always loved Hollywood talk, but I just found out in doing some, like, like scraping the surface of research – that you are the executive producer of my other favorite podcast, The Good Place. So, I mean, I'm kind of obsessed with you right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, The Good Place, the podcast. That's a, a totally different thing from what I do good- on Grant France, but it's like that's my day job. You know, I, I'm lucky enough to make money on, on two different fronts here. And that's amazing. That's my professional career. Yeah. And that's, I, I, listening. That's, that's a good show to check out because it's a fun, like, light show. It's an yes. easy listen. I, that's what I, I've actually promoted it on this show just because, you know, it's not like um, sometimes, you know, we all get stuck in oh, the state of the world and I am oh. so sensitive to that. I'm like, oh, it's so down the dumps. And watching The Good Place and listening to that podcast because obviously – you know, these days it's so nice to be able to go to a podcast when you finish a show because you still feel like it's going. You know, you get sad when it's over, especially yeah. The Good Pace is only 13 episodes a season and I can watch that literally in an afternoon. So listening to the podcast, I'm like, the characters are still in my ears. It's really, really a fun look behind the scenes. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. I mean, I really try to keep that show like in the spirit of being good and positive and something that's smart enough where people can learn something from it. So it's like a funny, dumb show, right? I mean, that's kind of like what The Good Place is. It's, <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of, like, fart jokes, but then there's also, like, a lesson on morality. Yeah, so what I'm is... um keep the podcast, like, a balance like that, because that's what people want. It's it, You've done such a good job. And they call it, like... The, the smartest dumb show on TV, and it is yeah, so perfect because yeah. it is. It's so clever, and it makes you kind of question your own, you know, the own way you walk through life. But at the same time, you're just like, oh, farts are funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm very lucky. I, I have Mark Evan Jackson as a host on that show, and he's I been on a bunch of stuff. He plays, uh, what does he play, the Sean in that show. Yeah. And he's fantastic, and we have a very similar vision for the show, and you know, it's not a very, it's not an easy show to produce. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to it. The network is heavily involved now, which they were in wow. the past. Um, uh, the actors are wonderful. I have nothing negative to say about any of the talent. Just Aww. the only thing I'll say is very difficult to book. You know, you want to have a good combination of people, and you want to hear from your Kristen Bells, and you want to hear yes. from Ted, and then you want to hear from an editor. And to try to line up everybody 
is um, a huge challenge because you want the shows to be strong. And, you know, not everyone's available. And who's of shooting course. in Canada and who's in the UK? It's like, oh, Lord, you know, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of um, Sean, Evan, Sean Evan Jackson, have I said that right? Mark, Mark. Mark, Mark. I got his character confused. Yeah. Mark Evan Jackson. I mean, speaking of Andy Sandberg, he's also uh, on Brooklyn Line Nine with Andy. Yeah. So maybe there's some kind of like, maybe that's what I was having premonition about. There's been talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine things that they want to do. Um, I don't know really what they're planning to do. It's, those decisions are all out of my hands. So we'll see. But there's some discussion about something around Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know what that looks okay. like. It, but you know well, I'll be listening because I also watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine so I am here for all of it yeah. but I have to ask you I just saw your story and a lot of my um, podcasting gals are oh, I have the worst FOMO right now like I'm actually annoyed they're all off in LA at the moment they saw the Countess last night Countess and Friends and then I saw your story I'm like ah, thank god at least I get to debrief about about it with somebody yeah. You went oh, last yeah. night. Yeah. I did. I, I met uh, with some of those ladies, Mary Payne, Erin Martin. Yes, Erin. Yeah, I talked to Erin a lot. Yeah, I chatted with them. We went to dinner, and then we went to the show. Now, they they got, like, front-of-the-line passes. I mean, they were, like, in a wow. meet-and-greet front and center. I was in the cheap seat. Uh, <laughs> and the reason for that. First of all, I'm not in enough with people to get, like, front of the like front of the the theater or anything like that. My show is also a commentary, you know, so I don't necessarily have on celebrity guests on my podcast because they're not going to be able to talk smack the way I talk. You know All right, I mean? exactly. With Bravo contracts and all that stuff. So for me, I'm not in touch with that crowd. So it was, I was on my own in the back. I wasn't by myself, but actually it was with a lovely listener of mine, Catherine, who is just a lovely person out of New York. And we were in the back, but we still got, we still enjoy the show mostly and, and we'll get into it. But I, I didn't spend that much because I had seen her previously. And, oh, you um, had? Yeah. Is so it the same show? Good question. She was out here a year ago. She was at a very small cantina on Sunset Boulevard, which we, I talked about. You had to walk through a parking garage to get to it. Like you had to go underground through a parking garage. Oh, my God. Is, <laughs> where are we? Like, you know, we're in the Hollywood. Like, are we going to get murdered on the way there? Yeah, I'm like, what is this? Who who picked this? But she, she had a sold out room there, and that was really a room, and it had tables and a couple bars, and and that was you know very much uh, what you would expect from a, a cabaret. Now this show last night was at a theater, and okay. this is actually where Andy Cohen was last year when he did a few shows out of L.A. Um, wow. last spring. So like she's performing in the same venues as Andy. I mean you know it's, it's legit. That's um, I, I don't know if. It was I don't know if it was completely sold out, but I mean, we looked at the map about 48 hours ahead of time and it was, you know, it was slim picking. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to spend too much because I had seen it. And honestly, the first time I saw it, I said, that's good. I can check it off my list. I experienced it and I'm done. And then yeah. um, I kept getting invited. I kept getting invited. Are you coming? Are you coming? And so I was like, yes. Okay, I'm going. And, I'll take um, one I for the team. have a lot of money. Yeah, but I, no, I was glad to go. But I didn't have a lot of money to spend on like, you know, like a front row seat, so. That was yeah, yeah. Is it expensive? Um, it, I spent um, 57 US dollars, including tax. 
And those oh, were the okay. cheap seats. Yeah, but, so, you know, so they yes. went up from there. <laughs> they went up. They went up. They went up quite a bit. I mean, you can spend as much All as you right. want or something like that. Well, you know what? Good on her. I mean, she seems to be enjoying herself. I mean, I look. I have so many thoughts on Luann, especially this season. Look, she she is struggle town for me in general. But if she's getting out there and you know she seems to be having fun, is other are, are the guests names? Or do you know the people that she's uh, inviting on stage? Or I didn't know any of the people. There was this one gentleman <laughs> who performed. I I don't even remember his name, but I really don't. Um, he was he did a very good job. He he could definitely sing. Um, it was he sang some jazz and swing, and you know it was actually that was really nice. There was another comedian, Murray Hill, who I was not familiar with. No. Um, but the original show, the original show a year ago, um, Jenny Poulos popped up. Um, Amy Phillips popped up a bunch in Joe Bonnie. Oh. Um, who else was there? <laughs> Some of the, uh, the ladies from uh, The People's Couch, the old show, oh. The Hot Bravo. Um, so there were, there were more tie-ins. And I, okay. I was wondering if we were going to have on because currently all the OC bitches are filming in Mexico. Um, <laughs> oh my god maybe I'll see them maybe <laughs> I would die a thousand deaths you have no idea the Vanderpump Rules kids I guess are in Paris or traveling abroad yeah yeah Beverly Hills ladies I don't think the Beverly Hills ladies would ever bother going to support Luann I just don't think that they're they're those that type of girl except for maybe mm. Rinna and she did mention uh, Luann did mention that Lisa Rinna was going to attend and she had a last minute thing. But you know who was in attendance and who I saw briefly was um, ex Real Housewife of Orange County, Gretchen Rossi, and Slade. Oh, I there. saw her comment on, on, I think, one of Luann's uh, Insta pics or something. And she was like, Oh, you were fabulous. Is she, has she yeah. had the baby yet or is she still having No, pregnant? not okay. yet. Okay, Very so she must pregnant. have been like ready to pop basically when you saw her, yeah. which is cute. She was- Front and center. She had a front and center seat for sure. And um, Slade looked very happy and, you know, good for them. Slade, um, oh my was, God. That was, that was That's the, the only celebrity sighting, I guess I could say. It was really the only sighting. I mean, there were a bunch of podcasters in the audience. Yeah, You know, course. a bunch of awesome podcasters walking around. But yeah, no, I mean, I was kind of surprised, like, with all the Bravo celebrities that live out here in LA. I mean, if you think of the Shaws and you think of the Million yeah. Dollar Sting you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't know Luann, but it's just so much, you know, out here that on Bravo, I'm surprised those folks didn't make an appearance. I mean, yeah, that, see, that's disappointing because you would have thought, like, going there, I mean, I would have thought there'd be at least, you know, Sonia getting naked on stage again or at least one of the housewives joining her through something or another, like a little skit. And, yeah, I would have thought that you'd be more sightings in the audience. I mean, that's kind of yeah. why people attend these things, right, to have, have a little sticky beak. So, so yeah. I don't know how but I heard that com- – I saw a comedian, Amy Phillips. We know that her from doing yeah. um, different impersonations. She was at the previous show that last year and did things there. Now, I heard that she asked to be a part of the show and make an appearance as a joke, just as Luann. And oh. she was the- I don't know how true that is, but this is what I was told there, that they told her no. Oh, what? Okay. Well, that's strange. Because I thought, yeah, I I thought it was, like, comedians and other performers and then Luann performing her, you know, couple of songs. (laughs) Right, yeah, and that's really really what it was, a handful of songs. Yeah. What are you thinking about the Lou of it all at the moment and the fact that we just – 
got wind that she uh, wasn't valid, didn't validate her parole or something like that, um, didn't meet the requirements of her parole. I mean, it's it's all a lot, isn't it? I don't understand why you you would go through all this, especially mm. in the public eye, and then not only that, but sit on Real Housewives of New York now for a season and a half talking about how important it is to be sober, only to do that. Exactly. I mean, and, taking up, and taking Tinsley to Al-Anon meetings as well. I mean, and then yeah. they, they, it comes out saying that she's not even attending her required amount of meetings. It's tough. It's an insult to, to other viewers, men and women that watch, that are identifying with her as a sober person, and they're identifying with the struggle, and perhaps they've had uh, legal entanglements with DUIs in the past, and you know now they're seeing mm. someone lay this out in real time and the consequences. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that she, you know, can't get through this legal process at least without messing up. Yeah. Um, you know, because it or not, she's in people's homes and I'm not calling Luann Delisepso a role model, but I mean, you know, <laughs> she, she should express, she should be careful with like what she expresses and, and putting yeah. her best foot forward here. That's my yeah, point of view. I, I 100% agree. And a lot of, and, and I mean, I've struggled with addiction myself, not alcohol, but, you know, it, watching her, I, you know, I'm just looking at her thinking, this girl, the whole season, I've been like, this girl is dry, drunk. And now I'm like, maybe she's just been drunk. Like, I don't know. Because dry drunk is yeah. kind of like you haven't accepted, you know, your alcoholism and you kind of almost manic. And she's been that kind of preachy manic zone. And you can see that in her. And, um, you know, that that uh, what Bethany says, what's coming up next week, the delusions of grandeur and better than kind of vibe. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm just waiting for the last year to drop and her to sort of hit rock bottom and be like, all right, you know what, I'm going to get it sorted but it's hard. Addiction is tough and, you know, it's hard to get it. Most people don't get it right uh, on the first right. go. So I think, you well, know, it's you know, kind of, I mean, sorry, go on. I say, the thing about Luann is, you know, Luann's not a young girl, as mm. Dorit would say, a young girl. She's like, <laughs> so I feel like for her life, like she never considered herself an alcoholic. And now here she is in her early fifties, I would assume. And yeah. now she's, being faced with being called an alcoholic and she probably doesn't believe that you know I, I now, she probably doesn't believe agree it. yeah hundred percent I think you're right and she even when she was talking to Jill in uh, this episode of Roni like she's saying oh well most people wouldn't call me an alcoholic and and I I've actually you know there are different kinds of alcoholics we we know that but I I completely understand why she feels that way. But I think you're right. I think that that's the that's the core of the problem. Like James in VPR, it's like they just don't they don't see it in themselves. And if you can't see it, you're not going to correct it. The first step is admitting there's a problem. <laughs> as that's they true. always say. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Luann. I mean, it's just I I don't again like. She surrounds herself with people that are drinking. I mean, the alcohol was flowing yeah. last night. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I know she's not out in the audience, but, you know, you're around it so much. I mean, yeah. you know, people I mean, around you are celebrating. It's not the best, like, scenario to put yourself in. I would in, honestly but. put myself out of that zone. If she was serious about sobriety, you know, you put yourself out of that arena for a year. That's That would be my advice, you know, just because the people do it all the time in addiction. I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but... 
you know, they have to cut off their old friends and it's really lonely and it's isolating because if you don't, you're just going to stay in that world. And I think that's the problem that she's kind of facing right now. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm looking at her and as we are recording this podcast, um, she has a huge billboard up in on the Las Vegas Strip promoting her show. I mean, yeah. it's like to, to walk away from something like that and to not continue to perform. Mm-hmm. I mean, her show has really taken off, like I mentioned, just in the last year alone of the, the audience and the, the, her footprint and the space of being a performer. I mean, to, mm. to remove yourself, I mean, it oh, must it'd be, be hard. so hard. Justify. I couldn't yeah. do it. Honestly, if I'm putting myself in her shoes, I couldn't do it. I'd be like, fuck it. I'll deal with sobriety in whatever this dies out. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and, I mean. And then yeah. you just spiral it's out deep. or whatever. Like, I could not do it. So I completely understand. Same. Mm. Fame is a drug in and of itself. Yeah, so, it totally. You know, so, I mean, I, I can see that. I would struggle with that, too. What's best for yourself and what's best for your career? I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't suffer from any addiction or anything, but I struggle with that whole back and forth of, like, yeah. what's best for Grant the person and what's best for Grant the, you know, the business. Yeah, manager, and trying to find or, like, balance. For my career. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot of checks and balances. And, and I unfortunately, think that I, I don't prioritize myself that much, but I'm not relating my, myself to her in that sense. But I, I, can, I can see how walking away from a very successful, you know, uh, music career, you could say, is mm. hard. I, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, we've seen it with James. He's in the same predicament, you know, to get back to stay on the show, he has to become sober. But to be on the show, most people around him are drunk. It's so, it must be so hard for him. Yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, let's, I'll get in, we'll get into VPR in a little bit later because I yeah. need to talk to you desperately. I sent you a message this week that if I died before getting to talk to you about the Lala and Fofty beef going down, it would be too soon. I mean, this yes. is my life, right? This is my Christmas. <laughs> was, this was just everything to me. What's your take on it? Have you got any inside scoop? I explained the nuts and bolts of it last week, so we can kind of just shoot the shit on it now. You know, I don't know much else beyond it. I mean, I was just told, like, oh, it's done. It's finished. It's all set. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that's good. I mean, I'm glad, I guess. Like, you know, but <laughs> I wonder what their business relationship is going to be like. I mean, there are different types of producers. You know, there are the producers that have the money and they fund the whole project. And then there are the producers that are, you know, coming in from, like, a company. And, it's like, mm. their production company is, is producing this. And that money is coming from there. So, like, independent producers versus, like, regular, like, company producers. And then you can also have um, a show produced through your management company now, through your agency. So, I wonder, like, I wonder what both 50 and Randall's, like, managers and agents are thinking of all of this. Because we typically don't see this business play out, especially on social media. You know, if you open up any of the trades, Variety or Hollywood Reporter, I mean, you don't really hear. You know that there's feuds between, like, WME and CAA and, you know, people stealing other people's clients. And we know that's a thing, but it's usually never public. And this I know. Was I see. As, this was as public as it could be. Totally. I think that's why it feels so pervy. You know, it's been, like, obviously, I mean, we're in that world anyway where we follow uh, Lala and Randall, but this was just like, ooh, like so I was up at, I'm in, I'm in London time, right? So I was up at 4 a.m. watching this go down and I was <laughs> loving every second of it. And I'm like, Kirstie, go to bed. Like, you're being insane. 
and I just couldn't get enough. And I think that what you're saying is right. I think it's that kind of peeking behind the curtain of this business world that we just don't get to see very often because I think that technic I don't know what the technicalities are legally. Like I was thinking could could uh, 50 get in trouble because he's posting these texts from Randall without permission and, you know, there's all that kind of stuff that I'm not really, I don't know the legalities behind it, but, yeah, it just was mind-blowing. I mean, somewhere yeah. – uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I, I, I wonder what will come of it and, you know, Lala's involvement and mm. I wonder what would happen with what would happen with Lala if Randall's money went away, you know? Yeah, I, exactly. I, I thought of that at that moment and I said, oh, okay, so things are not as they – appear here i'm sure that randall has his money but you know i'm sure it's not just whatever money he got from 50 but mm-hmm. um, you know a million dollars a lot and well for most people and i'm wondering like you know if he paid that back what's he left with and you know how how committed is lala and i only say that because she said it herself that she could she could get somebody else and get on another pj in a minute so P- pj really for a bj yeah, that's not really like the mindset that you would have if your relationship is going south. Totally. So, I mean, that's why that's why I question it. And you know what? It's like we said. I I we, I've been helping to launch a show called It's Bravo Bitch, and we said Ooh. we talked about this briefly on the show. And um, what was said was um, like, is we're calling her a hoe, but like mentioned people mentioned on the panel, like you know, you're there getting all the stuff and you're talking on TV about, you know, you've got a Range Rover the first time you had sex with them. I mean, you know, what does that look like to people, mm-hmm. you know? But also she's good. she's calling herself these names, basically. Like, like what she got all, all up on her, this is what pissed me off about it. She got up on her high horse and started using the Me Too movement in a very wrong way, which I can't even actually I get into because it really pissed me off. And, um, you know, real women have really suffered, and and she's she's actually out there. She knew that this was this conversation between her and Stacy in the hair salon, uh, where she's talking about you know the things that you've just mentioned. You know, having sex on the first night and getting a Range Rover and the audition and blah blah blah. She knew that that was being filmed for the reality show that she is a star of. You know, and then she's pissed off when somebody shares it and calls her a hoe. Um. Girl. I know. I mean, yeah. Be careful what you say. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you put it in your own words. I mean, and it's funny because it's almost kind of like guys. Like the way she was talking, it was like, yeah, I did this and I got that and it was great. But like, you know, when it comes down to it, like it, it was a little braggadocious of her at the time to talk about you know, <laughs> all that she was getting. And it's like, okay, well, the rea- what that translates to and what the reality of that is, is not that cool. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, she's been really grating on me this season. I have loved her from the jump. I thought she was a breath of fresh when she first came along. But this season, I just – she's uh, she just makes me feel uncomfortable every time she comes on screen. So, I don't know. I'm struggle town with her. I, I, I hope that this is kind of, I don't know, the knife in the coffin for her, to be honest. I could move on from Lala. And she wasn't even in the last episode, as far as I can recall. And I didn't miss her at all. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I, mean, I don't dislike her, but I'm not that. I don't know. I mean, the whole season for me was like, it wasn't bad, but like, I don't know. There's no way I'm dying to see more of. Like, I definitely, I don't like marriage storylines and trying Ugh. to be storylines. 
So the whole wedding thing is like not that exciting to me. I really don't feel like having to watch people trying to have kids and all that because it's just like we've just seen it so many times. And then after that, housewives are so guilty of this. After that, it's like, oh, trying to be a mom and a businesswoman and having it all. (laughs) And like, I know it's the story of many women, but we've just, we've sat through it so many times, you know? And it's just so boring. I mean, I'm like, I don't, I'm 30 and all my friends are living that life. I don't want to watch it on TV. I watch these people to see people living lives that I don't get to live. You know what I mean? I don't want to see these people having, preparing their wedding parties and their engagement parties and their pregnancy. I completely agree with you. It's not my thing at all. So, yeah, you know, the whole... I, I, like, I like Brittany, but I'm not, like, a big enough fan of hers to really care about, like, all that stuff. Like, you know, if there are certain people that you'd love to see. Like, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Leanne Locken's wedding on Real Housewives in Dallas because mm-hmm. I enjoy her. And Me I know too. that we're not getting... We're not getting, like, a wedding special. We don't have to sit through, like, you know, a, a ski trip and all this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're just going to get, like, it should, it'll probably be an episode, maybe two episodes. And, like, okay. that's cool. You know, that's fine. But, like, I don't really necessarily need to see, like, the whole process of, like, the selection of bridesmaids and the fittings and all that. You know what I mean? I completely agree. And, I mean, I felt I felt sorry for Leanne this, <laughs> this past week because – her wedding was on the same day as all this fofty la la stuff <laughs> came out, and I was like, "Oh, poor girl." I, but I heard that this wedding of hers, and this can't be true, was like a four million dollar affair. Did you hear that? I read that too. I thought I heard that she had four million dollars worth of jewelry. Oh, but I don't know true that is. So maybe I don't know. I mean, that's like, what it anything was. Can be, but that's common, though. I mean, you can rent and borrow. Yeah, sure. exactly. Okay, so maybe that's what it was rather than – because I just thought, how can that be? <laughs> and, look, I love Leanne. I if I was a housewife, and this is probably terrifying, but I am a Leanne Lockin, inside out, for better or worse. But, yeah, that, that really I, – I don't see her as the $4 million in a wedding type of gal. So I just looked it up, and page six says that her jewelry cost over $4 million. Whoa. But then Bravo says, bravotv.com says Leanne Locken's $4.5 million wedding had a right. champagne trailer, cupcake cabinets, and a <laughs> 12-foot cake. So, oh, I mean, my God. There's going on. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm just briefly looking at this. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely, like, I love Leanne, but that's definitely, like, so excessive in for TV. And like, 400 any, like, people attended. I mean, that's... that's... so for TV. I mean, yes. you know what I mean? Like, really? I appreciate it. People, <laughs> 400 people? Like, at that point, you're just inviting your, like, your gardener's cousin. Honestly. I mean, that's ridiculous. Grant, I couldn't even imagine having 200. Grant, I only like about four people. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where I'm finding yeah, the really. rest of them. <laughs> All these that's people are really like, oh, I don't know how to cull my wedding list. I'm like, I don't know how to increase my wedding list. <laughs> yeah, that that's way too much. I mean, you know, when you get to that point, it's just outrageous. I, I don't see it. Unless if maybe, you know, her new husband, Rich, has like an extended family and a large family. But, you know, we know from the show that, you know, Leanne is an only child. And, you know, she's yeah. just people in her life so I'm, I'm wondering just who was in attendance I guess we'll have to find out well Deandra wasn't in attendance we know that much yeah I don't like that 
I wish she was there because they they have their friendship is longer than the Real Housewives of Dallas. But I know. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> and Vicky got engaged this week as well. There was a, quite a lot that went on. <laughs> yeah, it's been quiet up until now. I feel like so. There's been a lot happening. They and must Shannon be getting ready for the new seasons. Yeah, Shannon got her divorce, and now oh, it came through. Oh, that's something I didn't hear. That's awesome. Yeah, the the terms of her divorce have not been revealed, but she did very well with spousal no, not with spousal with um her custody agreement. So I'm imagining right. that will copy over into her um whatever she, however she settles with David. Yeah, she is looking phenomenal. Yeah, she's just like this divorce looks great on her. Yeah, well, she's got a million pounds on her shoulders, I bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, I'm happy I, for it. I said this on my show. I said, you know, now I've only known Shannon through her divorce. I only know her through her unhappy marriage. So now we're going to have to really kind of learn more about her and like see what else is going on in her life. Because her whole storyline has been, you know, David and the, 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 the abusive divorce and the mm-hmm. terrible... So, like, I'm glad that's over with. So, like, now what are we going to get? You know, I'm curious. I can't wait. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, you know what? You've ignited some excitement in me because this last uh, OC was difficult, you know, because she was such a downer. But I completely agreed with – like, I, I went through a pretty rough breakup as well and at the same time that she was going through this divorce. And I was kind of like her, like, crying at a drop of a hat, like, complete, absolutely, like, like full of anger and rage and, like, taking out on the wrong people – and now I'm like loving life and I'm like, I'm coming up. And I think she's going to be able to like take on the world and hopefully we get to see that, you know, that her, her real self shine through. Because I think yeah. she's a fun, quirky kind of gal. Yes. And her daughters are almost old enough where hopefully she won't have to go through any more custody agreements. Like mm. I'm thinking of someone like Bethany, you oh. know, who just such a long road ahead of her. I mean, oh. But um, hopefully, like, hopefully that, you know, Shannon and her daughters can find peace and move on with their lives because I'm ready for that. I completely, I, I, I hope you're right too, because this whole, I mean, let's get into the whole Bethany thing. Like that is the custody battle that she's going through, like trying to find some kind of peace and balance. I just, oh God, I feel for her. She is, the last few seasons that we've had of her, she has really shown us every uh, part of her heart bleeding and it is it really is heartbreaking as uh, she's gone through the ringer Bethany is always going through a crisis even this last <laughs> her, true. her skin her, like you know the skin is the worst it's been in 10 years like, <laughs> everything with her is like always like you know like it's in terrible condition and I, I look at her and I, I, I feel bad because it, she's an example of more money, more problems because she's mm-hmm. extremely successful and she has a lot of assets and, and she has a great name in business and in television. She's very respected. But like I looked back and they had a flashback in the most recent episode of her in the grocery store peddling her goods. And, um, yes. you know, she had so much less back then, but she also has so much less baggage and less catastrophes mm. and you know I, I wonder you know if she could go back and still have her daughter if, if she would I mean she's just really uh, an, an unhappy person I've said yeah. this for a long time I don't really dislike her there was a period of time where I didn't like Bethany I don't dislike her and I think she's great for the show but she's just you know really going through it I mean someone yeah. like, it's a problem in it with her 
I, I worry about her. I don't dislike her. I actually really like her. And I think uh, I think if if she was able to, to find some more balance in her life, she'll never have a balanced life. That's just not who she is. But more balance. Um, I think I think I, you know, I could get along with her in a different universe. But yeah, she is uh, she's a tornado and she just cannot get out of her own way I mean I I think selling part of skinny girl will will do her a world of good she apparently has sold some I heard that today but I don't know who to Jim Beam I heard the name come up but I think that was previous do you know anything more about that I believe that was for the skinny girl margarita drinks that they're like theater and all that then she's like had other brands like the jeans and the jelly meat and things like that so now I think she's Deli looking to meat. partner up. I know. I think she's like looking to partner up with like another brand manager or something like that because, like, she's she's smart though. She's not selling off the business. She's still keeping fifty yeah. percent. But you know, so I was I was wondering. I was like, oh, why would you build all that just to sell it off just because you're stressed out? And I get mm-hmm. it's more than stress, but I'm glad to know that she's not making bad decisions and that she's just you know moving along with what's next in her life. And kind of prioritizing herself a little bit, like we were saying earlier, that's very hard to do in business. But I, you know, I applaud her for doing it. I mean, she's probably at the breaking point where she doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure she's not doing it because it sounds cool. You no, know? I, so, I think you're right. Yeah. She you know. she's literally a girl on the edge, and she's just like, all right, well, what can I do? And I mean, I want, I want. She's doing so much good stuff. I'm glad that the thing that isn't going isn't her charity work. Because it's so easy when you're in this, um, when you're in turmoil to just like, well, be like, well, I'm, I can't possibly drop the business that I've built from scratch. Like, I'll just drop all the, the Puerto Rico work that I'm doing, you know. And, and I'm really proud right. of her that she hasn't done that. And she's focusing on her daughter and on, on the charity and just, yeah, trying to, trying to find some pace. I, I want the best for her. But you're right. Uh, um, tragedy and spiraling out follows her around. There are just people like that that kind of suck the whirlwind into their their vortex (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I have a few family members like that and I definitely take after them and I not to the level of her you know her stress yeah Bethany's extreme I do worry about being in a constant place of being in flux I I do worry about Mm. that I I do want to be settled at some point in my life but um, I'm dealing with a lot of different things personally where I, I look to these women on the show and see how they've changed their life. And, you know, these women definitely are of a certain age. Some of them, like looking at someone like Ramona, who's really reinvented herself in her age. And, you know, it gives me a lot of hope that, like, you know, I, I got to keep going because we're, we're, I wonder where I'll be at that age, you know? So it's like, totally. you're not, you don't have to deal with the cards you're dealt is what I'm saying. You know, you can, you can reinvent and keep going. And That's it's, amazing. it's all kind of inspiring. Yeah. I, I, and that is why, uh, you know, the, pe- the, the, the people, are, um, what am I trying to say? Those of us who watch these shows long term, we get to see that evolution in character. And, you know, sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's more difficult. We get to see them, like you say, reinvent themselves. We get to see them change and evolve and get through difficult times and how they deal with it. Like Nini dealing with this, uh, Greg's cancer this season, I mean, that was, uh, she handled it in a very, like, uh, outwardly, a very bad way. And we get to watch that. You know, people deal with cancer in terrible ways all the time, but it's behind closed doors. On TV, it's always presented as 
you know, this person's suffering and then we have to rally around them. Some people can't do that, you know, and some people are really bad at that. And I, I, it was difficult to watch and I didn't really talk about it on my show because it was a little bit too real for me, but I just thought amazing that we get to see that amazing that we get to have that insight into these, these women's worlds that are, are real. And sometimes it's like so agonizing to be an observer and be like, Oh, like Luann, please like help yourself. You know, but we have to just be there for the journey. It's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I keep watching. Uh, the only thing I'm not watching is Beverly Hills. I just, I just don't just interested. I stopped for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, there's not much to talk about this season, honestly. It's I'm, I'm not talking about Puppygate anymore. I'm done. We're at episode bloody. Tw- oh no, that was Vanderpump Rules. I can't. We're like somewhere in like the teens, and I just can't handle. Talking about this, you know, debate between Dorit and PK and Lisa and Ken, I'm convinced there's some kind of Illuminati situation <laughs> bringing them all together. I just, I, it seems too dangerous. We should, probably should, like, not even talk about it because we'll just get, someone will bag our faces in the night and <laughs> silence us. We well, mentioned too much. <laughs> I'm team everybody else. And that was actually Ooh. asked of Luann last week. I mean, last night uh, at the at the show, Contest and Friends, one of the fans, there was a question, a Q&A segment, which went on for way too long. And um, when they asked her, they said, are you team LVP or everybody else? And she kind of stammered around the issue. And then she's like, I'm team everybody else. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, good for you. She did get a few boos, but I gave her a loud, a loud cheer because she's on the right side of history with that one. Were you the sole person in the audience going, woo? <laughs> there were a few. There were a few. Okay. Lisa Vanderpump is finally being exposed for exactly who she is. People are figuring it out finally. So it's, yeah. it's growing. It's a growing movement. I mean, I, I, the only thing I. So, have you been watching uh, Beverly Hills or not really? So I've been watching it on and off. I've been keeping up with some clips, but I haven't watched a full episode in probably about two or three weeks. Okay. The only thing that you've missed, and I would recommend going back and watching this from last episode because it is worth it. Sorry, I don't have a timestamp for you. Lisa Rinner's workout DVD (laughs) was everything dreams are made of. We got clips of her, like, dancing and grinding and going, woo! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was magic magic <laughs> okay all right I that's the only that. thing you missed yeah. i like when it's fun but oh, i don't care so I, cute. I don't care I, I don't care for the majority of them to be honest with you at the moment no so, um, i'm just good the time being to watch other things but i will definitely be watching the finale and i'll definitely be watching the reunion the reunions um, are my favorite part yeah, Always. I just need like a little bit of a break from the show because I've been very disappointed. And I've said this on a lot of different shows. Like I hold the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to a different standard. It used to be very good. Um, I'm very tough on the show. I know I'm tough on the show. I think it could be way better than it is. I think it's highly overrated right now. And they need to figure it out. Yeah, so. yeah. I agree. I agree. But yeah, no, I, speaking of reunions, I am holding out for this Vanderpump Rules reunion. I... <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm like a kid at, on Christmas morning. It looks, just from the clips I've seen and listening to Andy talk about it, oh, my God, it looks like yeah. 
it's gonna get wild. Even Britney loses their shit. It looks like the highlight. It looks like the highlight of the mm-hmm. season. Because it's been, it's been kind of like, you know, it's, I, again, I'm not complaining. It's a good season. It's not great. It's not gripping, but it's good. And mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it for what it is. But I'm, you know, we really haven't had that out of control moment that Vanderpump Rules is known for. And right. I think it's coming. And like, this one's at the tail end. Sometimes it's at the beginning of the season. Sometimes it's in the middle. And this one's going to be at the tail end. But at least it's happening. It's going to be there. It's a show we know and love. So here we go. <laughs> I'm dying for it. And this last episode. <laughs> you know what? I sadly relate a lot to Sheena Shea. And I'm a single woman. And it's for good reason. Because I am an insane person in relationships. And when she sat down with Adam and was talking to him saying, wait, so you don't love me? You don't love me? And he's like, no. She's like, you don't love me? (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, Gail, I've been there. It's so hard to watch. (laughs) People love to hate Sheena. I actually don't mind her. I I love her. I know a lot of Sheenas out here. I mean, that's just like, I I can see how she's annoying and obnoxious, Mm -hmm. but she's like a perfect example of, what it's like to be, you know, like on a whole, she is like, let's say 32 in LA, you know, she's caught up in the business. She's got the Instagram following that everybody wants. And that's, that's who those girls are for the most part. And I'm not even saying she's a bad person. It's just, she's a great representation of what it's like. That's how it is. You know, there's all different types of people. You know, some people, like you mentioned, you have friends that have kids and, Mm -hmm. and there are people who are chasing a dream. And then, you know, there's, there's folks like Sheena who are just like, out, you know, they're forever young and good for her. Oh, she shoot. She is in, you know, in, in ten years, she is Tinsley Mortimer. I mean, I just, I see the comparisons with them so much, and that is not a slight on either of them because I am this woman, and it is my, like, it is terrifying for me. But I totally, totally relate. So I mean, yeah, they're. These poor girls. I I struggle with Sheena. Sometimes I'm just like, I can't deal with you. And other times I'm just like, I think I'm just hating on the things I see in myself. (laughs) I have to get real. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's you. So let's get back to a little bit of Roni before we wrap it up. Um, What did you think of the Big Apple Circus and – (laughs) <laughs> poor Tinsley's time to shine and then Sonia <laughs> stealing the show. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, what's I'm just blown up. You just said her name, Sonia. Sonia is so entertaining and like I wonder like I almost wonder like how she was cast on the show because she's not argumentative. She's mm. not really like ignorance you know when it comes to like mm. things like Ramona can be it can be ignorant at times and we've seen it as recent as a couple episodes ago in the Berkshires but yeah. um but like Sonia's a good time like she said she's a stir that she's a, a what is she stir the drink and like good for her so I wonder <laughs> like in a way why they even brought her on because she's not going to be someone's going to be like so argumentative and that's kind of like old guard housewives now they're always looking for people that are you know, have a bone, have an axe to grind and are angry. And, you know, they're looking for people that are a lot younger. But I think Sonia is so, she knows that she has her own skin. It's yeah. so refreshing. And I think they need to put on more people like her because she definitely has those moments where she had her moment in the workshops too, you know, which she yeah. delivered. And I think I, it's okay to have someone like her that's like dynamic and a mess 
and older. I completely agree. I, I, I think they're really barking up the wrong tree, bringing in a lot of these 30-something-year-olds, even the 40-something-year-olds. I think, you know, Tinsley, I love Tinsley, but she's too young. I like these 50-year-old women, like, losing their fucking minds. I, and I think you're right. There's, there's an honesty to Sonia that I, she's one of my favourite housewives of all time. There's an honesty to her where she is, she knows the delusion that she kind of lives within and she's okay with it. She's like, I'm happier here. <laughs> she's like, I'm happy pretending How- that, yeah, like I'm in this beautiful mansion that's falling down around me and she's cool with it. And I appreciate how, that. How long do you give it until Dorinda is asked to be the next ringmaster? A week. <laughs> yeah. She is definitely wanting it. And, you know, it's very smart on their behalf. Like, that's something I think about all the time when I watch other cities as well, where these women are asked to be ambassadors or asked to speak at a convention and we see them. And they, they, all the housewives, they have to go and put on their glasses. Mm. <laughs> you know, they have yeah, some moment yeah. part. And um, I love those moments because... It's true. Uh, and all those ben- all those um, outlets can benefit, including the big apple circus. I mean, yeah. what people say to remember, and you know this because you're abroad, but the, you know the real housewives air across the world. So it's extremely beneficial if you're a charity or a, a small organization, or even something like um, that. What it was that ridiculous thing they had to keep promoting that movie, the hustle. Oh God, the freaking hustle. So like, but in that, that ridiculous conversation, millions of people worldwide are going to hear them engage about mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson. I mean, that, and that's what people pay for. Big, big money they pay for yeah. that engagement. And so that's, you know, I, I hate that because that's not what, I, what I'm watching The Real Housewives for. I don't want to be sold to any more than I already am. Completely but, agree. You know, but I mean, that they're smart to do it in a way because that's who's watching. So it's interesting because it really kind of everyone benefits. But I don't need any more of that. I don't need any more of that. It, what was the other thing they had? They had the hair and makeup and the massage and all that. That was always yeah. around. Uh, that was another thing that was on everything. Every Bravo show, had to, everyone had to get something done from this cosmetics company. Oh, okay. Only, A specific was company, co- was it? Bravo. It was co-owned by Bravo. That's why. Oh. So, but you know. <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> no, that like freaking infomercial really pissed me off. And I have to say, as an Aussie, Rebel does not deserve to be compared to Ramona. As much as I love Ramona, I, <laughs> I have to say that is unfair. <laughs> well, that's a good soundbite. I like that. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting to me about these crazy-ass women. It is, it's oh, been such it a pleasure. Easy. Yeah, it's so easy. We have a good rapport. I'll have to have you on Grant's Rants coming up. Please do. That would literally yeah. make my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, in that case, then we're definitely going to do it because I'm happy to, to that's, that's going to make you that happy. We'll do it. Yeah. Yes! I'm, I'm, I would die a thousand me. deaths. Oh. I'm going to be taking a very small break, but um, just because I'll be, I'm, I'm been traveling, I'm in a prison. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but I will be traveling. I will be traveling, and um, I have to deal with, um, uh, I'm just working tomorrow, which is a Sunday, at the daytime Emmys, and there's just stuff that I have to do that cuts into the time that I would put towards the podcast, which is already Brave. very limited. So I just, for my own mental health, I, I have to take a little bit of a break while I deal with these other things, and then I'll be back. 
Well, you know what? We all deserve Mental Health Day every once in a while. And as you've mentioned, that it's actually Mental Health Awareness Month. So no more perfect time to do it than now. And it's okay. I'm taking a break too. So remember, everyone listening, two weeks I'm off for and then I'll be back. And me and Grant will have to get together and shoot the shit again because it was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's do this again coming up at the end of this month of May. Love it. Listeners can catch your podcast, uh, Grants Rants Hollywood Talk, on, I'm assuming, all of the places podcasts live. Yeah, wherever you want to search. Yeah, I'm on Spreaker. So if you listen to podcasts exclusively on your laptop computer, you can search for Grants Rants Hollywood Talk Spreaker, because that's the network that it's on, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. But if you're on a mobile phone or anywhere else, Grants Rants Hollywood Talk. I've been doing this now since 2015, so I've got a lot. Of, I've said a lot on there. Hopefully, it doesn't come back to bite me. <laughs> but um, you know, I cover a lot. I don't just cover Real Housewives and Bravo. I do talk about Hollywood t- topics, and we'll talk about some TV news and things like that. So it's a variety. You never know what you're going to get. You never know who the guest is going to be because it's always somebody very opinionated. So you know, different types of people. I like to highlight different voices. So amazing. Just give it a listen. Let me know what you think. My DMs are always open. Oh, that's amazing. And check out, if you haven't already, check out The Good Place, the podcast, and the TV show. If you're not watching it already, you're living under a rock. It's so fun. It's, what did I say? They call it the the smartest dumb show on TV or the dumbest smart show on TV. It's really, really, really uplifting, you know, and um, I think we need more of that in our lives right now. Uh, Just quickly, what is your Instagram for Grants Rants? It's Grant's Rants. So it's Perfect. at I Grant's Rants. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you once again. And yes, let's definitely do this again because it has been an absolute treat. Thank you, Kirsty, for having me on the show. Thank you very much for the time. And I appreciate you like letting me rant this week with you. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.